At a time when the world has been turned upside down, when we feel disoriented, unmoored, lonely, and afraid, we turn to Shabbat, not for an escape, rather for a realignment. It may seem a little counterintuitive, but I'm going to focus on a plague. Specifically, the ninth plague, Choshech, the plague of darkness, from which to gain clarity to help us recalibrate our moral compass. Here are the verses. Uh, by the way, Naomi Sabra, I can't wait to hear you read from the Torah scroll tomorrow. You will be fantastic. So the verses... Moses held out his arm towards the sky and thick darkness descended upon the land of Egypt for three days. People did not see their brothers, and for three days no one could move about. But all the Israelites enjoyed light in their dwelling. Uh, one of the lesser-known Hasidic masters in the 18th century, Rabbi Ze'ev Wolf of Zitomer, um, actually, uh, Rabbi Steele, thank you for bringing this beautiful, beautiful interpretation to me this week, provides great insight for us to better understand these verses. People have eyes, he wrote, yet they do not see the good qualities of the enlightened. They are too busy justifying their own ways, whether good or ill. But our generation is filled with lots of ignorant people who do not know their right from their left. Nevertheless, they burst forth to take God's name and glory for themselves while seeking to insult others and to gain glory by deriding them. This leads to baseless hatred. This is the great darkness in all of the land. Where awareness is lacking, there is great darkness. You then fall into the narrow places, Mitzrayim, the Hebrew name for Egypt, metaphorically, falling into a narrow place. But scripture then tells us what this darkness is. People do not see their brothers or their sisters. See means that they didn't consider them. They didn't take to heart how much they could learn from the goodness 
of the people around them. On the contrary, they kept finding fault and lack in others, glorifying their own deeds. This led them to walk about in darkness and see no light. Some of you may have watched it was a week ago or read the transcripts of the applicant, South Africa, leveling charges of genocide against the state of Israel. Uh, I, I know. What? I couldn't have heard this correctly. Charges of genocide against who? Against Israel. Yes, against Israel. How could this be? The very birth of what's called the Genocide Convention was created in direct response to the Holocaust. Hitler and the Nazis' unequivocal attempt at genocide, wiping Jews off the face of the earth. The Genocide Convention was the first human rights treaty adopted by the General Assembly of the United Nations on December 9th, 1948, three years after the end of World War II and the slaughter of six million Jews, the world community said on paper anyway, never again. 106 days ago, the terrorist organization Hamas, who within their own charter openly rejects Israel's right to exist, 106 days ago, they slaughtered, raped, and burned Jews alive in numbers not seen since the Holocaust. Four months before the attack, a Hamas leader publicly praying for the annihilation and paralysis of the Jews who he described as filthy animals. Two weeks after October 7th, a Hamas member vowed on Lebanese television to repeat the attacks time and time again until Israel is annihilated. Yet when the South African team made their case against Israel before the International Court of Justice in The Hague, they made but a pathetic passing condemnation of Hamas's actions on October 7th. And then they proceeded to spend some three hours villainizing Israel enumerating the egregious charges of genocide. The Israeli team making their case also for some three hours was led by attorney Tal Becker. Um, I had the privilege of being a student of Tal Becker's at the Hartman Institute in Jerusalem some years ago. I recognized that I was listening 
with an understandably strong bias, both against South Africa and in support of Israel's defense. At the same time, we as Jews are challenged to hear and read critically. And that, for me, is what stood out from the, from the Israel team and the state of Israel in general. Tal Becker named the brutality of war. There is simply nothing fair about it. Innocent civilians are always collateral damage. For those of us like me who have never worn a military uniform or had to face an enemy to kill or be killed, we have no idea. Israel's team did not cast our response, Israel's response, without criticism. Yet the right of self-defense, the obligation of self-defense in the face of an existential threat was unequivocal. There is no division in Israel for the need of self-defense. There's no division. Self-defense triggered by Hamas's barbarism. The sacred words of Torah are every bit as relevant today as they were for the ancient Israelites thousands of years ago. And Rabbi Ze'ev Wolf's close reading of the biblical words really stopped me in my tracks. But our generation is filled with lots of ignorant people who do not know their right from their left. Nevertheless, they burst forth to take God's name and glory for themselves. Ignorance, I don't think is being used by the rabbi as a derogatory label, a stone being cast at someone else. It's used to challenge our eyesight. Can we model seeing the human being as a human being instead of an object? Tal Becker and the Israel's representatives before the international court led with self-awareness our own people's experience. As Jews, we have been well-schooled in the plague of darkness because the Egyptians could not see us as fellow human beings. Why is it that Jews feel a responsibility to the most vulnerable in society, the orphaned, the widow, and the strangers, because we were strangers in the land of Egypt. Israel leads with self-awareness and self-critique because these are cornerstones of freedom, democracy, and pluralism. It's a travesty that Israel, of all countries, 
is having defend itself against genocide. And on the world stage, Israel is teaching the world a lesson and reminding us as Jews how we have survived for thousands of years. We will look in the mirror and see ourselves, our beauty, and our warts. Jews don't always see eye to eye. But that's okay. That's healthy. And there's a way to disagree, to find solutions to the most challenging problems. And yet, when someone attacks us and threatens our very existence, to the best of our ability, we will stand up for ourselves. God willing, and Andy, I appreciate you drawing attention to this flag and these chairs, um, never losing sight of the hostages. God willing, the 136 hostages will be returned. Please, God, bring them home. The, um, the dog tags that are, um, some of you are wearing, that we have some in the lobby. Halev Sheli Shavui Baaza. My, our hearts are captured in Gaza. And God willing, Hamas will never be in a position to do what they did on October 7th. There is a steep cost for Israel to achieve this. And for those truly innocent Palestinian civilians put in harm's way by Hamas, we are challenged to open our hearts and grieve for their loss as well. This too is who we are as Jews. Prime Minister Golda Meir, who knew too well the ravages and the cost of war in 1973, speaks for the Jewish people when she said, we hate war. We do not rejoice in victories. We rejoice when a new kind of cotton is grown and when strawberries bloom in Israel. I would add, when someday we can end a vicious cycle of violence, aspirationally, that we too will be able to rejoice when strawberries grow in Palestine, living peacefully side by side their neighbors in Israel. So I pray not for the plague of darkness, rather for the darkness we experience on a clear night when a new moon, no reflection of light from the sun, our closest star. This is when we can look out and see with our limited vision the multitude of stars within our galaxy. That's the darkness we pray for and give thanks for in our evening prayer that we read tonight. 
בורא יום ולילה גולל אור מפני חושך, וחושך מפני אור. God, you are the creator of day and night, rolling away darkness from light and light from darkness. ברוך אתה אדוני, המעריב ערבים, blessed are you אדוני, who brings on the evening. Shabbat Shalom. Darkness cannot drive out the darkness Only light can drive that darkness away Hate cannot drive out the hatred Only love can bring the dawning of the day There's a time when peace will be upon us our prophets wait but the time to embrace one another is here and today Someone else to write the chorus Only we can say the words we're meant to say There's a time when peace will be upon us A time for which our prophets wait But the time to embrace one another Is here and today